This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome everyone again to the Relationships and Revenue show. I am your host, John Hewlin, and with me today is my absolutely special, fabulous, wonderful guest, JJ Barrows Newton. <laughs> JJ, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good after that intro. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so far so good. Sweet, sweet. All right. Well, I want to give everybody a little bit of info about JJ. Now, JJ is a stand-up comedian and storyteller. She is an artiste. She is the author of a book called It's Called a Spade. And just so everyone can see, if you're watching this on video, bam, right here, you can see it. Boom. Got to stick around to the end. If you stay to the end of the show, there may be a surprise related to the book. So just stick around. All right. I love it. She's a speaker, but her most important thing that she does, she is a wife to Josh. <laughs> I feel like you added that into my bio. <laughs> I like it, though. It's a, good, it's a good addition. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, like it's that. A, that is lacking from my bio. <laughs> well, that's, that's one of the things that's really important to me and also with this show, with the show being called Relationships and Revenue, yeah. Our goal here is to try and improve relationships at home and at work. And I believe that in order for things to go great at work, things got to be running smooth at home. And so that's why I yeah. say that your most important thing yep. that you do is being Josh's wife. All right. Uh, it's a good thing I like it. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I forgot to mention, JJ is based in Santa Monica, California. Isn't that right? Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. See, I wrote it down wrong. Yeah. My mistake. My mistake, everyone. She's in Santa yeah. Barbara. Close. Santas. There's a lot of Santas, Sands. Yeah. yeah. I'm not from California. I live in Kansas, so I understand. I do know there's a lot of Santas there, which gets is very confusing to me. But <laughs> I guess once you're there for a while, you kind of figure out where they all are and what they mean and that sort of thing. Yeah. So. Totally. Well, one of the things that JJ does a lot, folks is she makes these amazing videos every single week. They are so much fun. She makes one that's called Weekend Wednesday and Stay In Saturday, which means that we're actually recording this on a Tuesday. So that means tomorrow is a Weekend Wednesday. So we'll be looking forward to that as well. Now, we're dating this a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and drop this because she said this today. She's actually doing a live art event tomorrow on YouTube, yes. and I can't wait to watch that thing. So, JJ, can you, I wasn't really planning on this, but can you tell us a little bit more about what goes into something like that? Yeah, um, doing live art is for sure just one of my favorite mediums or forms of expression. Um, and when I, when I paint, so I, I, people are, what's live art? It's it basically painting at any given live event. So whether it's a concert or conferences, I do them at weddings, at receptions. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, it's going to sound a little woo woo, but I, I paint just to the, whether it's music or whether it's what's being talked about 
or, you know, a reception, the events going on. I just, I paint to like the feeling or the mood of just, of just what I'm sensing in the room. And so it's all color. It's all abstract. If there's music, I'm like dancing. It looks like I'm playing an instrument, but I'm painting with my hands. And it's very, it gets very messy depending on, like on, on the situation. Um, but I always incorporate the audience somehow. So like if it's a conference, um, and there, you know, it's a specific topic. I'll pose a question based on that topic and I'll have, you know, people answer it. Or a lot of times it's like, you know, what's something you're grateful for? What's something you struggle with? What's something you need to let go of? And I have them write it down on a piece of paper and I'm like, let go of it, like hand it off to me and I'm going to graft it into the painting. And together we're, we're going to take the things that we struggle with, you know, the things that we're grateful for, because life is a mix of all of those things. And mm -hmm. together make something beautiful out of it. So all of these scraps of paper are layered into the painting. So all of my paintings are he very heavily textured. Oh, and it's wow. not actually globs of paint so much as it is <laughs> the thoughts and the hearts and the prayers of, of a bunch of people. And so that's what I love about doing live art. It's just sort of a visual representation of a deeper meaning, which is basically, you know, like humans were made up of, of so much more than, than what you see on the surface. So with quarantining, I was like, and people can only come to my events, you know, if they happen to be in the area. And so I was like, oh, with quarantine, it might be kind of cool to paint live and have people from all over that, you know, as long as you're watching virtually, just share or you can write in or comment. Like, what do you want grafted into the painting? Do you want to share a memory from this time or something you're grateful for? Something that's hard about it. And again, just this community collective to um, create something, you know, in the, in the middle of a hard time. So I'm going to try. I've never done a live event on um well any any on virtual in the virtual realm so there might be a few glitches um like with zoom i get a little glitchy as we were saying earlier but um yeah we'll see we'll make the best of it oh i can't wait to see that and let me ask this for any listeners who may be thinking it when it's not specific like you mentioned a wedding so if you're making something at a wedding, you're this live art, obviously the art's probably going to go to the bride and groom because yes. it will have a lot of meaning to them. So something totally. like you're doing tomorrow, are, is that something you put up for auction or like, I don't know how that yeah, works. Yeah. So it's always, yeah. So it's always different. Um, so sometimes I just get hired to perform an event. So it's just for the visual aspect or you know, people are taking part and then I, yeah, I have the piece and I, I sell the piece or if it's for some sort of specific charity event, it mm -hmm. goes to auction off and you know, whatever, obviously with a wedding people, it's, it's, to, it is meant to be a colorful representation of that day. It's, and the people, their friends and family just write them notes. So that's specifically for them. Um, with tomorrow's, I haven't really decided yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. I, you know, we're in such a weird time in history and I, as an artist, I want to, and not just as an artist, but as a person, I love engaging in gift culture. And especially during hard times, I love yes. gifting people, which is why I, for me, it's like, what does that look like for me? And you know, I'm, I'm struggling too, but it's like, well, that's why I do the videos. It's like, that's how I can, you know, put some good stuff out there and same with art. And so, you know, part of me is like, oh, I could auction it off and, you know, give it to some charity. And the other part of me is like, I really need to pay rent. And so it's like, especially as an artist, you know, you're constantly trying to find the balance between how do I help and give back versus how, but how do I also take care of myself so that I'm not giving from a resentful place. Right. And you know, because if you're not taking care of, if you're not taking care of, it's really hard to genuinely care about others and, and how they're doing and what they need because 
Absolutely. you're kind of doing it from this like defense. What about me? And I, I, so, you know, maybe half will go somewhere and half will help me pay rent, but I'm, yeah, I'm still trying to work out, but yeah, usually the paintings are, are, are for, always for sale afterwards. Um, okay. Unless I get too emotionally attached in which case <laughs> sometimes I hold on to them for like two years and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to let it go. And then I, I, get, that. I get that. Okay. Since we're talking about your art right now, uh, specifically. So give us an, an idea. Let's say, and now I have no idea how big the pieces are that you make. Typic what's a typical size of a piece that you make in a live event? Um, probably, so I keep looking this way because I have one this way, but it's like three, I don't know if you can see it, but. Oh, there we go. Like, like that's a spectrum of my hand. I mean, they're pretty big. I mean, that's it's the one like, you just made. Yeah, I feel like it's like four by five feet, maybe. Oh, wow. They're big because I want people to, to be able to see them. But I've oh, done them as small as, as at a live event, I've done at like two by three feet. Um, if it's like, you know, someone's commissioning it, they want something specific, specific, like say a wedding. Sure. I'll go by size. But usually if they just like do whatever you want, you know, bring it. It's, it's, it's pretty big. It's a, okay. it's a good wall piece. Gotcha. So... Now that you gave us an idea about how big it is, again, for folks who don't know, if they want to hire you to make, to commission you to make a piece for them, something that size, what would that run? Because again, I have no clue. Yeah, so that size, I, I mean, it depends on, so that's just abstract. And I think that one was listed at like, seven or eight hundred or maybe that was I, I made a list okay. um but i i do some that are abstract and illustration you but usually that size is around like the 800 825 range unless they're like hey i want a whale in there and i have to do like a lot more detail and stuff like that like that just because time wise and everything like yeah. time and supplies and so when people are like, why are they all different? It's like, because I mean, it's like with anything that you work on, the amount of time that goes into something, um, it, it just varies. So I'm working on a piece right now that's a lot smaller than that, but I think mm -hmm. it might be more because of the detail the person wanted. I was just like, oh, oh wow. my God. Okay. But I love, like abstract is my, is my favorite. But yeah, I, I would say usually somewhere. And if people are on a, like, again, with the, with, I get it. And I'm an artist and I love supporting artists. So it's like, I do value my work and I do want to be valued, but I also am aware that some people are just doing the best they can. And I want art to be available to people. So if people are like, Hey, we're so interested, but here's our budget. I'll totally work with people okay. size wise or, you know, whatever. So I'm, I'm, I'm flexible. So rather than let's say somebody decides they like the idea of a really big one, but they may be living with someone else who says, ah, that doesn't work for what we have. Maybe like a series of like, I'll call them cubes, like a set of three. Totally. Cubes. Yeah. Something like that. You could yeah, do something yeah. like oh, that. Oh yeah. I do those a lot. I do 12 by 12 all the time. And oh, those okay. actually sell a lot. And so I'd say my 12 by 12s are usually like 115. Um, that's pretty much the average. So okay. yeah, that's a, um, that's an easy one. And those are fun for me because they're, well, depending on what people want, but yeah, that's a, a pretty standard size that people are like, Oh yeah, yeah. I can do, I can commit to that size. <laughs> All right. Well, that definitely sounds like something that you and I are going to have to talk about because I got a son who's got birthday number two zero coming up. So. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a big one. That's right. That's right, everyone. I am old enough to have a 20-year-old. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this blows me away. Every time I think about it, it blows me away. So, <laughs> all right. So funny. Um, well, we spent a lot of time talking about your art, which is fantastic. But if you would take a little bit of time and give folks an idea of who JJ is, like, where did you come from? How did you get to where you are now? Well, that's a good question. Well, I came from the South, uh, hmm. <laughs> South Carolina. Um, yeah, I know it's, and, and now I'm in California. So it's a, quite a contrast hey um hey y'all how y'all doing bless your hearts um <laughs> yeah i know what that means <laughs> yeah you you so, and i describe it different the way i heard it is that means you're an idiot <laughs> oh totally no i say that's in my i it's funny in my stand-up i literally say for those of you who don't know if a southern woman ever says to you bless your heart she is not being nice to you <laughs> and, and <laughs> And people get it. They're like, oh my gosh, I thought so. I wondered. Because it's how it feels. It's like a nice way of kind of shaming you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I grew up in the South. Um, my dad was a pastor growing up. So I was a preacher's kid in the South, which is no easy feat. Um, and a middle child. So there's a lot of issues there. Uh, and I, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I you know, growing up, in the South, in the church, I just kind of always had this belief that, you know, life was about, you grow up, you go to school, you get married, you have kids, you raise the kids, the kids hate you at some point, but then they turn, <laughs> come back around and, you know, like, it'll all work out, like, it'll be fine. And it's interesting, because even though I thought that was just kind of the way life played itself out. I remember even from a young age, just kind of being a little bit bummed, like, mm. and that's it. Like, that's the point. Like yeah. we just, yeah. it's just one fit. It's just literally moving from one phase to the next, but I don't think I really had the tools yet to really, I don't know, process that even further. And I think back then, I don't know. I don't know if it was just the community that I grew up in or, or not, but we just didn't really learn to ask questions. You just kind of went, with it you went with the flow you went with mm -hmm. you go to church you 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 believe what you're told to believe and you <laughs> you know you go to school and you just obey the teachers and you just so i think um i just kind of always um did what i was told but i think there was always more going on underneath and i and mm -hmm. and maybe being being a little artist a little creative at heart without even really knowing it um I would express myself through coloring and drawing and um, not necessarily in places I was supposed to, like I would always color on the furniture and <laughs> the walls and yeah. I was that kid, yeah. which is easy to look at that kid and be like, what a disobedient kid. But it's really like, <laughs> maybe they just need to figure out how to express themselves in a different way or just right. filter it in a certain way, I guess. So um, I think there's always this tension between, wanting to be the good girl because I saw how people responded to it. And especially as a preacher's kid, everyone in the church expects you to be oh. perfect and have it all together. Yeah. And, yes. and so, uh, you know, it feels good when people praise you for what you do, even if what you do is just obeying the rules. <laughs> so there's this tension of just wanting to be that good little girl to, to please everybody. But then also there was just this like angsty little artist that was just like, I don't want to color in the lines, you know, like, I don't want to obey the rules. And, um, 
Yeah, I, I, I very vividly remember that that tension, even even on the playground sometimes, and 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 hearing, I don't know what kids would talk about or or, or play. I can remember thinking, like I remember there was one kid. It was funny we were talking about like Christian swear words. There was one kid that was like swearing on the playground one time, and I remember being like, "That's so cool. I wish I could do that." And <laughs> and someone was like, "Someone was like, you can," and I was like, "What do you mean?" And they're like, "You just say it," and I was like, "Well, I don't want Jesus to get mad at me." And they're like, just say it. And so I would like make up these little words and I would say, what the helicopter? But I would just like whisper a copter. So it was like a double. I was like, here's how I can swear and sound cool, but then also not make Jesus mad at me. Like, that's just like a random example of the tension that I think I, I functioned in where there was just a lot of confusion. And so, um, yeah, so that was kind of up, I mean, probably up through college, honestly. And then, um, I don't know, stuffing, stuffing your issues and your, everything that's going on and just, and just smiling and acting like everything's fine only, only lasts, I think, but, but for so long. And so I kind of hit a cracking point, um, post-college actually. And, um, I had hit a really rough spot and I, I had gotten to the point where I ended up going to rehab and, um, and that, by that point I was kind of done with the whole God thing. I was like, I'm good. Like I've tried it this way, which wasn't really his way. It was just like a way that I assumed, mm. which had more to do with pleasing people than it had to do with who I think God is and, and what his heart is for people. And so, um, anyways, in the midst of that confusion, I just kind of, I think I lost sight of well, everything. And, um, but also I think in the midst of that and, and in rehab and in finding recovery, I feel like I really started to understand what it meant to live life fully and, and abundantly and that life wasn't meant to just survive and to just get by and to just go from one phase to the next. Mm -hmm. I actually was created to, to do and, and to be more. And, that, and a lot of that had to do with actually be more of me and be okay being me mm -hmm. and be okay expressing me regardless of what the response was not in like a I don't care about anybody I don't care what you think I'm just gonna be me not like that but just like a you know because I mean we want people to like us I mean that's that's human but I'm not going to let the opinion of others dictate essentially like like how I live my life um and so yeah that that was its own gnarly process and the book that you mentioned earlier some of it I, I talk about in there um and then um eventually I moved out to the west coast I mean there's like a whole phase of of things that have happened and gone on but I would say slowly but surely my life has been just this long process of step after step towards becoming more of who God created me to be mm -hmm. um someone who I didn't even let myself be for a long time because I thought it would make other people uncomfortable or I thought it was too silly or I thought I would be made fun of or I didn't know that other people could relate to it. And so um, whether now with that looking like doing art and doing comedy and writing, um, it it's weird because I have always done those things in the confines of say my own room, you know, to myself, right. you know, like you don't have to be a published author in order to be a writer. You don't have right. to have sold a painting in order to be a painter. 
Agreed. But I kind of thought that in order to be those things, you had to do those things. I didn't know I kind of already was those things or because I didn't actually let myself be those things because I didn't have the credentials, so to speak. And so um, even though I kind of was always doing them, I didn't actually freely let myself do them. And in the public eye, um, I mean, honestly, until early to early 30s, I mean, it took it took a while for me to even just like be okay being me. I mean, I think that's a lifelong process. We're probably always in that process. Cause I feel like once you even get comfortable in the decade you're in, like, like now being in my thirties, I'm like finally kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah, great. I'm in my thirties. And then as soon as you get used to that, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm approaching 40. Like, and yeah. so I'm sure you're kind of always like having to readjust what it means to be where you're at. But you do. I would say, yeah, my life has made up. I've gotten to where I'm at having been someone who, you know, I was on the receiving end of a lot of information, especially growing up in the South, growing up in the church, growing up a woman, you know, of, of expectations mm-hmm. of other people. Sure. Um, so my life has looked very much like taking some of that in, either living that out or mulling it over and kind of gleaning taking what sounds right or what works or what you know because it's not as simple as like well I don't believe anything you say it's like no there's actually some goodness in there there's some truth in there you know sometimes people themselves might not always be living by what they're saying but it's not that the what's being said there's not truth in there and so yeah I think that's all of us we just kind of glean from our life experiences and then learn how to apply you know the good stuff and how to maybe find other other good stuff elsewhere to contribute to, to who we are. Absolutely. Um, wanted to make sure that you knew someone was going to come in for a visit. Yes! Now, everyone, if you're not watching this and you're listening to this, this is not going to make any sense to you at all because you can't see this. But one of the things that JJ started doing, gosh, it's been within the last month, yeah. Her on her videos on YouTube, a movie that she really likes that I happen to like is called What About Bob? And Bob in there has a goldfish named Gil. And Gil goes with him everywhere. Yeah. Well, she found these plastic goldfish, which you can, well, if I can adjust myself here, you can put on your finger and make it go kind of swimming by. Yes. Oh. I literally just mailed out 15 this morning. <laughs> oh, yes. And so if you want them, you can ask her for them and she'll mail you one. But she also wants you to name it. Now, do you remember what I named mine? I've got, I've received so many. Yours wasn't Gil too. Someone else was Gil. I um, Gil. I did, I did kind of a, a play on that. A little bit of a play on that. Was it Bob? No, I call, Finn. Finn, that was right. Oh, that was one of my favorite ones. Yeah, I like Finn. That's a good one. So I yeah. made mine Finn. I love it. And Finn makes so many. Finn makes appearances every week when I have Zoom calls with my kids. So I love it. That's so good. Yeah, it's just a happy little reminder, you know, just keep swimming, baby steps, baby little step. by little. It's so funny how much people have responded. I love how much people have responded to it. It's just, it's made me as happy as other people are like, it makes me so happy. <laughs> you know, and that's something I want to recommend to you guys. If, if you're still in quarantine and you're looking for something to do, spe- spe- hello, if I could talk specifically, something to watch. What about Bob 
Oh, my oh the God. best. Now, that movie came out in 1992, I think. Yeah, early 90s for sure. I think it was 92. It is every bit as funny today as it was then. And I guarantee yep. you, I've seen it 50 times at least. Yep, same. That was like a family oh. favorite growing up. But it's so funny because I feel like even now in quarantine, people, and a lot of people have watched it because of, I was, you know, sharing the goldfish and then they're like, what is this she talking about? And so many people have written me back like, oh my gosh, what about Bob is the best? I'm like, I know it's so ahead of its time. <laughs> you know, Bill oh. Murray for his part in that, I mean, obviously it was amazing. That's one of his two best roles I think he ever did. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And tied, I'm almost tied with it. Every bit as good. Groundhog Day. Yeah. Also good. Oh my gosh. So good. Bill Murray is just the best in general. I think anything with Bill Murray, I'm like winning. Hard to go wrong. That's right. Hard to go wrong with him. So how do you come up with your ideas for say doing a weekend Wednesday or a stay in Saturday? Um, who that's a good idea or a good question. I panic a lot. No, I honestly, it's just, <laughs> it's just, yeah, I kind of just, it, it's, it's real life. Like it's my life. And so whether I decide I want to try a new recipe mm-hmm. and I'm just going to share it or, um, <laughs> yeah, I, that I don't know. Coffee drink. Oh my gosh. Your face is priceless. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. But like, that's a prime example. So like I kept seeing everybody post about this whipped coffee, like making such, and most of it was pictures other than like how to videos, but nobody was talking about how it tasted. They just had these beautiful pictures of this whipped coffee. And I was like, Oh, okay. I'm fine. I'm a sucker. Like I want to try it too. And so I, so yeah, I just ended up doing a video about about me making it think it thinking it was going to be wonderful because it looks delicious and it was horrid it was absolutely horrible my husband said it tasted like dirt like it was just Ooh, that's bad i was like why is nobody talking about this and so it's so funny how many people even responded to that video like i tried it too it was the worst i was like thank you that actually makes me feel a lot better i like <laughs> it's funny because as much as i'm a sucker maybe for some of the stuff that goes viral at the same time i'm like Y'all are just doing this because it looks cool, not because it's actually good. <laughs> right, exactly. So, would you say that the ways that you get inspiration for your videos is it similar or different for how you come up with ideas for your stand-up routines? Um, I would say, in some ways, it could be similar um, because my stand-up is very much life experiences mm-hmm. um i'm very much a storyteller comic yeah. so i'm not like a you know one-liner joke teller mm-hmm. i mean i'll even say i don't know if i'm the best joke writer just making up that's like when i hate when people say tell me a joke like <laughs> <laughs> oh you're you're a comedian tell me a joke <laughs> like, okay well, I, I gotta give you mine that this is uh my, my kids love it when i say this one because i actually won money for this no way. I, I actually did. I won it. money for this joke. Now, let, let, me, let me set it up first. It was when I was in middle school. There's a, a local rock and roll station here in the Kansas City area. It was Q104. It's a country station now, but it was rock and roll then. And they had this worst joke of the day. So 
people would, would call in to do the worst joke of the day. Now, they wouldn't put any of them on the air. They would listen to them, and then they would say who the winner was. And the winner won this wrinkled up old nasty $1 bill. And you actually had to go to, this, to the station to pick it up. But I actually won one time, and here was my joke. Why did the squirrel fall out of the tree? Why? Because he was dead. <laughs> so bad. It's yeah, like a this, bad joke kind of thing. It's so bad. It's like so bad that it's like, when you think about it, it's like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> right, exactly. And so I won. I won this wrinkled up <laughs> dollar. Now, I wished, you know, that I had the <sighs> foresight to keep that dollar so I could display it. Oh, no. What do you think this 13-year-old did? at that time Spent it. <laughs> oh yeah i went to the store and bought like gum and candy and stuff so. oh my gosh that's amazing that's amazing yeah that's as close as i've ever gotten to comedy so yeah well you got hey you won money so you have that yeah. going for you not there's a lot of comedians out there that don't win money for their jokes <laughs> yeah um yeah so see like stuff like that like i don't i don't write yeah if someone were to be like tell me a joke i'd be like uh why did the chicken cross? Like, I don't, I'm just, I'm not really great with jokes, but I, I love telling stories. I've always been a storyteller. And, um, I heard someone say once there's two types of comedians. There, there's comedians that say funny things. Mm -hmm. And then there's comedians who say things funny. So okay. comedians who say funny things, that's the joke itself is funny. Anybody can take what you're saying and retell it. And it's funny because that joke is funny versus the comedians who say things funny. It's the way that they say it. Right. That is so funny. It's one of those like, you had to be there, you know, or, Oh, he has to tell it. I'll butcher because usually it's a personal experience or it's a personal story. And the way in which they tell it is so funny that to retell it is actually pretty hard. And so, um, I'm very much a, I say things funny. It's the way that I tell the stories. And so a lot of them are just like life experiences, whether it's growing up in the South, whether it's being a preacher's kid, whether it's, I was single for 34 years. And when you're single in the dating pool, especially once you hit the thirties, it gets weird. Oh, and so stories. You think, it, you think it's weird when you're, when you're single and you're up to 34, <laughs> let me tell you, it takes on a whole new meaning if you were married and then you get single yeah. in your 40s. Yeah, I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, oh, I bet. So there's, I yeah, it's like, <laughs> there's, but that's what I love about comedy and about, because there's so many different people with so many different life experiences mm -hmm. and there's just so much wealth out there as, as far as like, content for mm. humorous ways to relate to people right because it's Absolutely. like yeah pe people that are in the season of life that i am in or, or wasn't whatever like they totally get what i'm saying versus like literally what you're just saying like there's so many people out there that would literally go oh my gosh i know right because they get it oh, yeah. and so that's what i love about comedy is i love finding something that's weird or quirky or awkward about humanity <laughs> <laughs> and talking about it and people being like, oh my gosh, yes, me too. It was just for me like a way to, to actually relate to people. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't even really know. Like I was not the kid that grew up. Sometimes I, I feel like I really have to deal with uh, like this idea of like imposter syndrome, so to speak, because oh, we all I didn't grow up being like, I want to be a comedian. You know, like I discovered it late in life and I hear all these stories of all these comedians who are like, I've always known, or I, there was 
I had to do comedy because there's nothing else I could do. I'm like, really? There's a lot of things I could do. Like, <laughs> so I always felt like, oh, am I a real comedian if I haven't always wanted to be one or if I haven't been doing it for 25 years or I, so I am, I'm just still very much, you know, in the early stages of, of doing it. I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. like what I said about the writing or the painting, you know, just because you aren't published or just because you haven't sold whatever, it doesn't mean you aren't an artist or you aren't a writer. And so even with comedy or maybe especially comedy, because comedy, even though it's like a funny thing, it's a very hard industry to be in and to persevere in. Um, and so that's definitely one thing that I have to, um, I don't know, speak affirmations, I guess I should say like towards myself, like, yes, you can do this. Yes, you are funny. Yes, Absolutely. you are talented. Because sometimes I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it this way. If you don't believe in you, why should anybody right. else? Exactly. Yep. So if you yeah. don't think you're funny, that's going to come across when you're, yep. that's your job when you're trying to be funny. So yep. it, it totally. starts with you. I mean, it just does. I mean, if, you, if you're doing a good enough job at whatever your craft happens to be, if you can make you happy and you believe you've done your best, who cares what everybody else thinks? Yeah. Totally. Now, I know. You're getting into a whole will they pay me? Will they not? That's a yeah. different issue altogether, but totally. more of a self-satisfaction sort of thing. So. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it, it, it definitely, there's just time. I don't know, especially in this industry where you just have to cling to what you know to be true because people will knock you down time and time again. And that's when, that's when the speaking the truth to yourself really comes in hand because it's like, you know, you can believe it so much, but then, I don't know, it just, it can be, it can be tough. And I, I'm, I am a true, I'm an empath through and through. Like I'm an empath. I am a four on the Enneagram. If anybody knows Enneagram, I'm a yep. feeler, a hardcore, like feeler, emotional. I absorb, I walk into, and that's why I think the social environments or situations overwhelm me because I am like sensing everything that's going on. Okay. And on the one hand, that's awesome because I feel like that's what helps me relate to people or understand sure. people. Or even if I haven't been through the same thing, I can empathize. I can, un you know, it's not, I don't know. Um, but on the other hand, it can be exhausting and, and it can be so overwhelming. I mean, I get tired of myself sometimes. Um, Cause you're an introvert, right? Oh, true introvert. Yeah. And that people always are like, no, there's no way. There's no way. Like when they beat me I can tell. Yeah. But when you, but if, when I do meet people in person or, you know, before a show or whatever, well, I've been alone for however long. So I'm fully charged. Right. So, so yeah, when I meet people, I'm like, Hey people, but I will slowly drain. It's like a battery. I will slowly drain, you know, the more I'm with people and then I need to go back into my hole and I need to recharge. <laughs> And even with my videos, you know, people are like, oh, but on your videos, you're, you're so expressive and quirky and animated. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm alone. <laughs> like, I'm alone <laughs> in my house making videos. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love people, but I get my energy from, from being alone. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, having, have, I'm a big processor, analyzer. I, I write a lot. I think way too much. Um, but that's also why I love doing comedy. It's a way to get out of myself, out of my head. And yeah. art as well. It's a way to just kind of go. No, oh, I can and, see that. And have totally. fun with it. Yeah. So when you're scheduled to go on stage, 
for and to do your bit. Do you find because you are an empath, because you are a four on the Enneagram scale, is it easier for you to be the first one to go or is it more helpful to go later because you're able to kind of read the crowd a little better and get a better feel and maybe that helps you adjust some to some of the things that you do or the nuances in which you say things? Yeah, it's funny. The, the rule of thumb in comedy is usually that, I mean, the headliner is always the guy that, guy or girl that is going last. And uh, right. essentially your goal is to be the headliner in comedy, right? You want the show to be about you, which, right. means, which means you gotta go last. Um, I sometimes, yeah, it, it's always different. It, and it depends on the show. It depends on who's on the show. Cause sometimes, you know, sometimes, yeah, I like to go out and get it over with and I feel like, like I just killed it. And then other times I like to get a vibe for the audience. I think the sweet spot is somewhere in the middle okay. because regardless of how the show has gone in the beginning, if you go in the middle, you can always kind of like surprise if let's say the first, you know, however many, let's say the comedians aren't there having an off night or whatever. Mm. The audience is starting to get a little like, what is the show? You know, whatever. <laughs> and then if, if you can pull it off and you come out and you like totally surprise them, I mean, the show can like turn around and then all of a sudden you were this like breath of fresh air and, and same, let's say the whole first part of the show is great, but towards the end, people do start to get tired. Mm-hmm. And so then you don't, you know, you don't want it to drag on or you don't, I don't know. It, it literally, every show is different. Every show, there's some shows I've been on where I'm like, I'm so glad I went first. And then there's <laughs> other shows I've been on where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I went last or, you know, in the middle or wherever. Um, it just, it always depends. So yeah, I would say I usually do like, I don't necessarily prefer to go first because I do, I love to get a gauge for the crowd. And okay. see and see where they're at. Unless I host, if I'm a host for a show, which I do love doing that as well, because you mm. basically just get to be, you get to perform your set, but you also get to be like a cheerleader, so to speak, for right. everybody else. So the pressure is kind of off that the show is about you, uh-huh. but you still get to do what you came to do. And so I do like hosting. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I'm up first, and that's fine. But yeah, otherwise, I would say it is not my preference to go first. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, <laughs> I can see that. I can see yeah. that. Almost like. The crowd almost needs to be warmed up a little bit. Totally, yeah. And that's definitely a thing where, you know, the goal of the host is to get the crowd warmed up. Like, that's the hope that the host that's doing his job is getting the crowd in a place where they're, like, feeling good and ready to laugh and yada, 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 you know, versus some people treat the hosting job as, like, oh, that that job doesn't really matter because they're not a real comedian. But I think it's one of the most important jobs because – you know, they're the ones that are setting up the other comedians for how well they're going to do. They're mm-hmm. setting the tone for the show. They're okay. keeping the energy going. So yeah. it's a, I think it's a hard job. Some people, some people don't like it, but yeah, I don't know. It, it is what it is. <laughs> okay. All right, I want to change gears a little bit. I want to focus a little more now on relationships uh, because our show is called Relationships and Revenue. And so I want to hear a little bit from you about your relationship at home first with Josh. Uh, I'm setting this up for everybody else. Folks, she does all these things. JJ does a whole lot of different things, but that also means she's an entrepreneur like most of you listening to this show. And so she knows the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur. 
her husband also is an entrepreneur. So can you speak about that to us? Yeah. Um, so Josh is a wedding photographer full-time. He's been a full-time wedding photographer for the last 12, 13 years. Oh, and um, off, by the way, oh my gosh. Yeah, he's good. I've, he's good. I, uh, I, I cyber stalked his stuff and it is, yeah. it is fantastic. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I oh. joked when we were first getting married, I joked that I wanted him to do our wedding photos. They could just all be selfies. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I get just, that. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's really, really talented. Um, and he travels all over to do it. So he's also, you know, wedding season, which is usually right now, but obviously not with <laughs> <laughs> with yeah. the state of the world um but yeah. usually traveling and that can get really really um really busy and so yeah it's it's interesting um i will say i never thought i would say this but i love 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 being married i i i nice yeah it is it is above and beyond the gift that i maybe had hoped it would be but had started to doubt ever ever could be and i i totally get it like i'm a newlywed and you know i joke that whenever i say marriage is awesome i had said that at a show one time mm -hmm. when we first got married and i was like marriage is awesome and this older lady in the crowd yelled out just wait <laughs> <laughs> so now that's like a part of my stand-up because everybody just so relates to that you know because they're yeah. just newlywed like marriage is the best thing ever um and i get it but i also think i think people should let people be in the seasons that they're in instead of Absolutely. you know rushing them in, into the next and so if we do have hard times ahead not if when you know whatever whatever i've heard everything i've 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 um yeah i don't know i i will say though i never thought it could be as good um as it is for us or that i could find a match the way that i did in josh mm -hmm. Not that there aren't things that we have to figure out, um, you know, how to work through or communicate about, especially planning, scheduling, you know, with him being, he travels a lot for work. I travel a lot for work. We're fortunate in the sense that because of our schedules, we can kind of align them so that we're actually usually traveling together, which is nice. awesome. Is I think, awesome. yeah, I think for me, especially comedy would be a lot harder if I was just out on the road all the time by myself. Oh. Um, I totally get it. You know, that when comedians talk about that being one of the biggest uh, struggles for them, because that's, I mean, it, it's hard enough already, maybe kind of like always constantly traveling, but then to do it alone for me would be tough. So I'm really grateful um, in that sense. We are similar personalities as far as like um, sense of humor um you know what we like to do in life uh, whether it's daily activities whether it's traveling whether it's being outdoors so there's there's things that allow us to function well together because we already kind of like the same things um he is a true extrovert he gets his energy from being with people so quarantine's been really hard for him i feel like i'm thriving in quarantine i'm like <laughs> i didn't know my everyday life was called quarantine <laughs> like <it> just <laughs> Sometimes I feel bad. Um, whereas for him, it, it's been tough to not constantly be, um, you know, whether it's hanging out with friends or going to an event or, or doing some sort of social engagement, at least regularly, you know, in some ways he's, he's valued the fact that it's kind of like forced him to pause a little bit. Mm -hmm. But in other ways, that's when you're like looking on the bright side for him, you know, in other ways, it's been really hard. And, um, 
especially with weddings, you know, being postponed or canceled, you know, cause that's not happening right now. Right. Um, so having, you know, for him, we've had to work through like, yeah, what do we do with our time right now? What do we work towards? And again, another reason why I just started doing videos and stuff. And so, um, yeah, quarantining, I think has been hard for him given his personality. He's also for people who know Enneagram, he's a seven on the Enneagram. So he's the adventurer. He's the, you know, um, he, he, he doesn't, he's a healthy seven, but he, the sevens tend to, it's kind of their more natural tendency to avoid tough stuff, to avoid the pain. Mm-hmm. Whereas as a four, I am like, let's go straight there. And so <laughs> I'm like all of the feelings. And, and so I'm very prone to like diving to deep places. Um, I think a seven who has done their work is totally able and willing to go deep places. It just might not be their natural tendency to, you know, talk about the tough stuff or what do we need to work on? They might just need to be more like, Hey, let me direct you to the tough stuff that we need to talk about. And so that was something that we had to, you know, figure out when we first got together. Cause you know, him being an adventurer, they're kind of like, what's next? What's new? What's exciting? What's the, it's almost like, you know, they always have to be entertained. Not that they have to, they just, they kind of want, they love new experiences and meeting new people. And, mm-hmm. um, and that was a little bit like, whoa <laughs> slow down um you had to work so, totally so it, for us it's not that there's a right or wrong mm-hmm. it's not that there's a oh well, you need to be more like this because this is the way to be if you're with me or vice versa it was okay you're of this personality i'm of this personality how do we work together and meet each other somewhere in the middle so that we're both having needs met, you know? And so that's what I love about Enneagram. Some people are like, I don't like being put in a box. And I don't think it's meant to label anybody so much as it's meant to help give people tools to be aware of, of the bend in your personality of how you function, of how you communicate, of how someone else communicates. Because I receive things very differently from the way Josh receives things. And for me to know, how he would better receive something because of his personality is so mm-hmm. helpful for me yes. to know how to communicate to him in a way that's actually going to facilitate communication instead of an argument and two people reacting to an emotional response, you know? And so that tool, the, the, the Enneagram personality tests, I think in general, just even Myers-Briggs, just using something to become more aware more self-aware first, right? Because if mm-hmm. you're more aware of your functionings and the and the way that you that you work, you're more able to become aware, you know, of someone else and what they need and how they work and then and then work together. And so um I would say, you know, though we're we're so similar in some ways, you know, we're both these yeah, we're both very just these creative, artistic, um people who love we love people just in very different ways like I'm being the introvert him being the extrovert but but then we're also different you know in so many ways and so it's been it's been interesting in a good way for us to explore those differences um and allow them to be there which I also think is really good so yeah and and he is so supportive of what I do in my work and that is like I couldn't I mean, I don't even know how I could do half of what I do without his support. Um, sure. Or maybe I could, but I would just, I would, I don't know. I would probably easily get discouraged. I mean, kind of like when we were talking about earlier, like when things get hard or yeah, I can self-talk myself, but sometimes 
hearing it from someone else or having him say, you got this. I believe in you. I Mm -hmm. love who you are. I love what you're doing, you know, to, to have that back you up just gives you grit in a way that sometimes it's hard to muster yourself. Not that you can't, but I would, I would be lying if I were, and, and I pride myself on like independent woman, but you know what? Like I would be lying if I weren't to say it is helpful to have someone believe in you and, and, and push you and, and, and help you grow. And so I would say I've, I've grown leaps and bounds in the short time that Josh and I have been together in part two, because I think marriage, it reveals a lot about yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So some of the things that you even might push back on your partner is kind of because it's a mirror mm-hmm. and it's showing you something that you don't like about this. Right. And you're yep. yelling at you're yelling at that, but it's someone else is on the receiving end of it, even though it's like you're it's a criticism of, of yourself. And so even with someone like Josh, who's, who's patient with me, cause I definitely tend, I'm the more emotional one. So whether that means, you know, I'm capable of, of getting a little a higher pitch in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he's quicker to like calm it down. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been very eye opening cause there's stuff about myself that I didn't even know, or maybe I wasn't even aware of until I was partnered with somebody that, not even intentionally, but just by default and revealed stuff in me that I didn't even know in some ways I needed to work on. So it's been a huge growing experience. Um, and it's helped my comedy a lot (laughs) talking about, talking about, uh, marriage definitely is its own. (laughs) There's, there's a lot of comedy to be had. Oh, there is. And learning how to communicate within a marriage. (laughs) If you guys end up deciding to either have or adopt kids, you just wait. Yeah. Oh, I bet. You think marriage has opened up a whole new level? Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I know. I can't, I can't even imagine. (laughs) Yeah. So I know that some things that Josh has brought to the relationship that you've kind of slowly started to adopt as your own revolve around movie preferences. Yes. specifically no one's can actually see it right now behind you but there is a a painting you made of r2d2 <laughs> aka star wars yeah uh and you did a lord of the rings thing during quarantine yep yeah and we're getting ready to move on to marvel all the marvel movies oh, you've done, a lot. You done any of those we've seen them you know over the course of you know time and as they've come out but we've Josh wants to go through and watch in order, you know, storyline and kind of, so it all does help some things make sense. I will say yeah. it does help. Yeah. So yeah, that's been a fun quarantine experience to go through. And he's, he's kind of mostly, we talked about it the other night. He's actually picked most of the series that we've watched, you know, star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Marvel. Yeah. And so last week he was like, okay, you get to pick, you know, what movies you want to watch. So we watched Sister Act 1 and 2. <laughs> well, okay. Those are all hilarious. That was my pick, Sister Act. <laughs> good. In a completely yeah. different way, but yes. Totally, yeah. And Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride 1 and 2. Oh, again, very good. Yeah. I'm like the 90s comedy person, you yeah. know? Yeah. He's like the epic sagas. So we're, <laughs> we're a nice mix of, of a variety of movies. <laughs> okay. So... 
um, as we're getting close to wrapping up here, um, tell us some more about how important it is for you to establish relationships with the people that you choose to work with. Oh, so important. Um, and how does that work for you? How do you do, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, with, well, I'm, I feel like I have my hand in a couple of different projects or arenas and mm -hmm. I feel like they're all different. They're, they're similar in the sense that at the end of the day, the way I see any type of business is it's made up of people. Yes. And, and people are people are people. And at the end of the day, I think what people want is, is human connection. You know, I mean, yes. the most annoying thing is when you call because there's an issue with your credit card and it's a machine and it's push this to get that. And, push uh -huh. it. and it's like, I literally just have one question. I just want to talk to somebody, <laughs> you know? Um, and so, so even though they're all, they have their different ways maybe of, of what it looks like to network or to do business or to build clientele. I think if you're maintaining the fact that um, whatever business or corporation, no matter how big or how small it's made up of people and you, you treat them as people. Um, I, I find that you're going to have a lot more. Uh, I don't know what the word is success, but I don't even necessarily mean that in a business way so much as just like a, um, your own personal flourishing whether it's of the content that you're creating or the audience that it's reaching or that it is in some ways you know connecting you to another network that can then because how many people do you know it's like oh i know somebody and they do this and da, da, da. And if you're building relationships with people that's how that leads you know one thing to the next and so not that that's always like the goal but even with painting, there's a, there's a few people for sure who consistently, and I'm surprised because sometimes with painting, especially original art, it's not the cheapest thing in the world, but people that love art or people that love, you know, what you do or what you're about, they want to support you. And so mm -hmm. I always try to stay in contact with those people. I never try to resell anything so much as I just try to stay in contact. Like, um, you know, it's not like I'm recontacting people and being like, Hey, and I have another new painting out if you're interested. It's just like now we're friends on social media and I love pictures, you know, of their family or it just, it's that human engagement that maybe in and of itself might not seem like a big deal, but I think it's a big deal. And I appreciate when people respond to me. And so mm -hmm. even when people comment or when they message, I'm not always the best at it in a timely manner but I always try <laughs> I always try to to recognize or respond or show gratitude especially if people share my stuff mm -hmm. or my content like they don't have to you know and we're flooded with so much Ugh. information and content and stuff out there and the fact that somebody would take the time to share mine and I'm not some huge name I said, thank you so much for sharing, you know? And mm -hmm. so that in and of itself to me is relationship more so than just, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure it gets hard, but maybe the more that you do and take on and, and who knows what that's like for say like famous, famous, famous people. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I at least try to acknowledge for me, relationship and building relationship with, with any kind of client 
looks like acknowledging their humanity. And that might be as simple as responding to a comment on social media that then leads to a direct message that then leads to a, I bought your book and, and I loved it. You know what I mean? Like you could easily leave it as they just commented on it and like go about your, no, no, no harm, no foul. You know, like that's just great. They were just letting you know, you don't have to respond. But I find um, when you make an effort with people and, and they feel seen and valued, they're way more likely to continue to respond to you. Mm-hmm. That helps you to continue to do what you do you know, for people. So yeah, it is weird. I, it's funny being an artist and, and being in the creative industry in general, it's a weird mix. And I, you know, I, I definitely get those types that are like, Oh, just business. And you got to just treat it as business and you got to, you know, this and that. And, but I'm just kind of one of those woo woo old school softies. That's like, yeah, but in the business, it's two people like it. And at the end of the day, like I just, I want to acknowledge their humanity. Um, you get rubbed the wrong way sometimes because some people will take advantage of that, but you know, I'd rather risk that and learn from that. Or I don't know. I I would rather risk, um, treating someone kind Mm -hmm. and, and be on the receiving end, you know, of, of maybe not the best response than withholding kindness from somebody just in case I might get hurt or be wrong. Um, so yeah, I would say, building relationships with with people you know online right now especially that's the only platform i really have you know because sure we're not doing shows and we can't tour and we can't there's really not much else to do and so i'm i'm not even necessarily trying hardcore right now to i probably my manager says i need to try harder to make an income but <laughs> i i i feel like right now i have the time to build to be more intentional you know with with mm-hmm. people relationally and and being in contact with people and so you know if I don't do that while I have the time I'm never going to do it you know when I'm busy and I I at least want to be the type of person that that strives towards that so I don't know what it looks like for for everybody in in the business that they're in but I do think that um making the effort to maintain um relationship not that you owe and again there's a balance you know not be a people pleaser not you don't owe everybody an explanation for everything. And I can't help everybody individually. You know, I wish I believe in people needing, you know, someone to talk to or this or that. And and I, that is my message, but that doesn't always mean I can be the person that is, you know, individually helping each person. And so, you know, there's a, there's a balance. It's like, yes, you, you do your best to make an effort and to, to stay in contact. Um, and kind of like what you were saying earlier, take care of your, yourself self-care because um if you aren't taking care of this it's hard to yeah care outwardly so yeah i want to reemphasize something first of all see jj's book it's called a spade i want to show you guys something you see there's stuff sticking out in the top that doesn't always come in every book at least i don't think so so i'm going to show you a couple things jj included with her book now these are stickers of painting she's made this is Happy Days, the Fonz. Yes. Super fun. This is the one she made of a blue whale. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. Now, there was another sticker she put in there, which was R2-D2. Yes. And I have since put that in my son's book. I, I ordered two copies of her book. Yeah. Nice. And that's, that's something else, by the way. Two things, people. One, anytime you buy a book, 
from someone, especially if you're buying it directly from the author, which I did in this case, I bought it directly yeah. from JJ. I asked her to sign the books, but I always, I personally, I always buy at least two copies of a book that I buy. Always one for me and one to give away. Sometimes That's I order awesome. more, but I always do that. Yeah. And don't ever expect to get something for free. Don't ask for it for free. That is in poor taste. Do not do yes. it. Um, she also, <laughs> you can't, she wrote a note to me on the back of a postcard, which is also of another painting she made, and that is Robin Williams. Yeah. So it's pretty, she put a bunch of really cool stuff in here and something that I don't think that she knows that she did. She actually didn't charge me enough for shipping. Charged me more. I found out the day of and I was like, oh, whoops. Oh, well, I already quoted him. So again, that's one of those things where it's like, pick your battles. Like I, it's like at the end of the day, like I appreciate the support and you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. who knows? I do. I do. <laughs> um, so if somebody wants to work directly with you, they want to hire you to create an artistic piece or maybe they have a venue that they know is going to be opening up at some point or they have a uh, like a conference and they need someone to come in and be a part of that either maybe you're doing live art in the back or yeah. maybe you're doing a stand-up bit as part of it how do we find you how do we get in contact with you um definitely my website jjbarrows.com um i'm on instagram jjbarrows but probably if someone like specifically wanted to like, I mean, I just say people can email me or reach out. It's JJ Barrows comedy at gmail.com is, mm. is my new business one. I had to get a business one cause everything was collect. See, I'm still trying to, everyone's still trying to organize my life. That's why quarantine has been helpful. It's like, okay, <laughs> let's get sections. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm pretty easy to find on any social media platform a lot of people sometimes just find me through my website and send a message to there but usually if you um if you go to my website jjbarris.com it, it should have my my contact uh information on there or at least the message section and that goes straight to my email and i always try to to get back to people whenever they reach out but yeah i would say find me online find me on social media and that's really to any creative out there right now especially in quarantine I totally get that like not everybody can donate to everything because we're all in the same place. But what really does help people, at least who are in the creative industry, is just sharing their stuff, liking their stuff. If, it, if you think of someone and you're like, oh, you should see this, like just little things like that. It's not even some big thing so much as it like, like sometimes when I get a message from someone and they're like, oh my gosh, my friend sent me your video and da da da. I'm like, bless both of you. Like the fact that again, kind of like what I was saying earlier, the fact that someone would share it, that's super, it's not only helpful to us right now, but it's just really encouraging. Like it's encouraging to hear when someone, you know, I think anyone could say that it's encouraging to hear when someone appreciates you or when they appreciate something that, that you did or that they enjoyed it. It just, it's kind of motivating and keeps you wanting to create because you feel like you're doing something instead of mm -hmm. like, hopefully it helps. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, just so that you guys know, I tell people all the time about JJ. I've, I found her on TikTok, believe it or yeah, not. Yeah, you're the best. Wait, did you really? That's how you found me? I found her on, well, if, if you guys know anything about TikTok, it's not different from other platforms out there. After a while, it starts to learn your preferences. And 
it started to realize, oh, okay. I don't know that we mentioned this earlier. This is probably a good place to mention this. JJ is a stand-up comic, but she is a clean comic. So I want to be very clear about that. So if you're expecting her to be raunchy or use vulgar language, she doesn't. That's not her thing. Yeah. That's not her style. You'll be bummed. <laughs> yeah, you, you will be kind of bummed because she's not that way. <laughs> stuff is still hilarious. Be bummed <sighs> if that's what you care about is what I mean. Right, right, right. <laughs> but her stuff is very funny. And, and she is proving to me something I have long thought. And that is you can be a very good stand-up comedian and do it clean. And yeah. she's not the only yeah. one. I mean, from her, I found out about so many others. Um, yeah. Uh, Mark. Why is Mark's name escaping, the rest of his name escaping me? He's, you know, the three name people. There's so many of them, you know, in the- Mark Christopher Lawrence? Yes. So yeah, I, I saw best. the video that you did with him, you know, where he was interviewing yeah. you in the coffee shop and all yep. that. And so I started following him on Instagram right after I saw that. He followed me right back. Yeah. I mean, like the same Yeah, day. he's great. Yeah, oh my, he's, he's great. Oh my gosh, he's so funny. And for those he's of you who so don't know who funny. we're talking about, he was the store manager on the, on the TV show Chuck. Yeah. He, he was the African-American store manager on there, which he was so good in that role. Oh my gosh, he was so good. Yeah, he was the best. It's so funny because I uh, some somebody had sent me a message once and they were like, Hey, I, I saw you on TikTok. You were so funny. And I was like, I'm on TikTok? Like, I didn't even really know. I don't think at that minute, Dry Bar was uploading their, right. their videos. And so I, and I had no idea that I even had like a clip on there. And then all of a sudden, there was like a handful of people that were like, you were on TikTok. And I was like, you what the heck is TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> that's so funny. All right. So now we know how to get in touch with you. Oh, re-emphasis everyone. You can also find JJ on YouTube. It's just at JJ. Yeah. You can find her there again tomorrow night, which is Wednesday, May the 6th. Yeah. Which you said a different day, but put the right day yeah. in the video. I was like, whoops. <laughs> yeah. And so May the 6th, 2020 <sighs> at 4 Pacific time. Is that right? I think that was yes. the time you put on there. 4 Pacific yep. time. I'm central yep. though. So that means 6 o'clock for me. But yeah. All right. So. Had an absolute blast with you, but every interview that I do, I always have a final four. Four quick okay. questions, just rapid fire kind of thing. Just tell me the first thing that pops in your head, okay? Okay. All right, first one. Why did God create JJ? Oh, wow. Uh, to, uh, why? That's a, I might have a journal about that. <laughs> um, honestly, I think... For as cheesy as it sounds, to to help people know that they they matter, which also means to know that I do, and so definitely to create and, and color, just spread life, which for me looks like color. I'm obsessed mm -hmm. with hence the painting. So loving people and valuing people through the expression of 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 color and kindness and and love and um, yeah. And hopefully reflecting back that I think it has to do with a God that I think cares. It's loaded. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard rapid fire question. It is. I do. I put that one first on purpose because it, it <laughs> starts to stimulate you and make you think. Yeah. Because it'll make the, the other ones easier to answer. I was ready to be like, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, try this. What are you reading or listening to right now? 
when I say listening, do you like podcasts and that sort of thing? Podcasts, um, this, or no, what's it called? Imagined Life. Imagined Life, if anyone is looking for a good podcast. Um, yeah. it's, it, it basically starts with, imagine you're five years old and you did it and it tells this whole lifelong story. But at the end, it reveals that it's actually a famous person that you know, or not, not like celebrity, like it might've been an author from, they do everyone from like Orson Welles to Ellen to Elon Musk. And it's fascinating because you hear someone's story without the bias of what you know about them in the news or the media. And then I really believe in people's stories. So Imagine Life is phenomenal and the voices, um, they're, they're so great. Um, and then what am I reading? What am I reading? Uh, Lynchpins by... Seth Godin, it's a, it's, it's a marketing book. And so I'm kind of trying to figure out how to apply it to comedy, which, yeah, it's so good. Seth Godin is, is really great because he, he is about what I'm about, which is that even though there's business and there's networking and there's marketing, at the end of the day, it's people mm-hmm. that you're working with. And so that's been super helpful to hear somebody else, you know, a little further along in the field, kind of affirm that belief that I've had deep down, but was maybe afraid it was a little too silly. Absolutely. Really good. Absolutely. All right. Question three, favorite thing to do with your family. Now that can either be with Josh or with your extended family, your family back home. My favorite thing to do is definitely going surfing with Josh being going surfing for a couple hours and then going and getting Mexican food after is like any particular place. Um, we, I love this place in Santa Barbara. It's called Moni's and they just have the best street tacos that I've ever had in my life. And their chips, they do like homemade tortillas. And I mean, and the guacamole, just a medley of salsas, like obscure, just, it's like if salsas were different colors, they just have (laughs) so many variety. And so there's something to me about just eating like a really hearty meal after like a big surf or a workout or a bike ride or something that just, I, I, I love. So that's, that's probably uh, one of my favorite things to do. And when I'm at home with my family, I also, we love going to the beach. Um, I would say when we're home with my extended family, just having a big meal together and hanging out usually mm-hmm. on a porch at the summertime. And I don't know, really good memories of that. Gotcha. Okay. And number four, what are you most grateful for? I honestly would have to say I am most grateful for, for Josh, for, for my husband. Um, he, yeah, he just, he really is the best. And I'm not saying that cause I think wives are supposed to say that. I don't, I didn't, I don't think I ever thought I would be the woman that was like my husband. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he is just amazing to do life with and he's kind and he's patient and he is so encouraging and he not only lets me be me, he encourages me to be me. And so mm-hmm. even my weird and quirky sides and when I do my videos and he's helping me shoot and the neighbors are looking at me like, what is going on? Like he just is so proud to also be my husband. And for me, someone who grew up a little insecure, a little, who am I? A little, is this okay to do, you know, whatever, to have someone to be married to, to do life with someone who so fully believes in me and wants me to be me is such a gift. Um, Mm, And I don't think something I ever thought that I would really have. I think I always felt like I had to prove myself. And with Josh, I don't feel like I have to prove myself. I feel like 
I just, I, I get to be me. And, um, that to me, I, yeah, I'm, I, there's almost not a day that goes by that I'm not like, God, thank you. Um, again, we're newlyweds. So I don't know if 10 right. years from now, every day I'll be saying thank you, God, but <laughs> for right now, I'm so grateful. All right. Now for everybody listening, when you say newlywed, what do you mean? Well, next month is our one year. Nice. Yes. You are definitely yeah. still a newlywed. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're, we're still honeymoon Close. phase. Close to one year. All right. Yep. Yeah. You know, I'm going to make a little bit of an aside here for everybody. So this was, this is a little bit extra. This is a bonus to the episode today. Don't ever not be a newlywed. From I someone like who was married for almost 16 years and got divorced yeah. and did a whole lot of things wrong. Don't let any of these people who've been married longer than you tell you that the magic has to wear off. It doesn't. Oh, like that. It's by it's choice. It's by yeah. choice. It's not always big ones. Most of the time, yeah. it's little ones that start to pile on top of each other. Yeah. That make it so that the magic isn't there anymore. It is right. always by choice. Yeah. That's so and the, good. And the way you're going to continue to have that magic in your life is by choosing to put Josh before yourself and for him to do the same, to put you right. before himself. Yep. That's so, good. Thank you for saying that. Absolutely. I received that. Oh, good. <laughs> now, that's, I could go way deeper into that. And everybody, that is an entirely different episode. Yeah. So we, we will dig <sighs> into that. I'll do a solo episode on that and just kind of, rant on that for a while because I have a whole lot of very strong feelings and emotions about that um, and how we can work very, very hard to keep our marriages together that we think maybe are not going to stay that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Good stuff. Well, JJ, thank you so much for yeah. your time today. Thanks I'm, for having me. I'm so thrilled to have you here and to just share more about you and what you're about and I mentioned to everyone earlier that I was saying something about the book. So tying that in with social media, if you've gotten all the way to the end, congratulations, because this is not a short episode. <laughs> Second of all, here's what I want you to do. The first two people, first two people who do a screen capture on, I would assume on your phone, but it doesn't have to be your phone, screen capture of this episode and you tag me and JJ both in it, we will get you a signed copy of her book. The oh, first two people. Now, remember I told you not to pay anything for free? That means JJ oh. buying the books. I will pay for the books. <laughs> I love it. In the shipping to get to folks. Thank you so much. I will cover that. So the first two who do that, you will get a copy, a signed copy of JJ's book. Yeah. So we can help promote JJ that way. Uh, for any of you who love what she's doing, once you check her out and start to see some of her art, um, of course, many of her art pieces are available in other ways as well. You can get them in print. Mm -hmm. um, I showed you postcards before and stickers. I'm sure you can get her things you know, on shirts and she has yep. some other really fun shirts that are not necessarily art that she made but yeah. the things and stuff i don't yeah. want to blow it for you you got to check it out for yourself there's a lot of really fun things related to that so i love it thanks so much john i really appreciate it oh it's my pleasure everybody again thanks for being here today and always remember passion gets you started purpose keeps you going we'll see you next time bye see ya so good
Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.